Enterprise Intelligence is a weekly video series that talks to industry experts, global thought leaders, and seasoned knowledge workers about how they're tackling their information challenges, embracing new technologies, and moving the needle on performance. Hosted by Shiny Docs founder and CEO, Jason Cassidy. I think we're seeing a convergence too of when I first got involved with, let's just say document management mm -hmm. back in the, the 90s, there was this idea that your leadership had to give you, get buy-in and then force you to do something, know how to do something and then force you to do something. I feel like the, the tools have got more ergonomic and the ability for people like yourself to bring people involved earlier have made it more ergonomic for people. So there's nice pressure of we're helping people more ergonomically and the organizations are taking it more seriously. And this results in the question of, are you feeling that? Are you feeling more compliance from people because of these pressures that should be working in our favor? Our, our security department, InfoSecurity Info is not necessarily within the IT shop, but we, we have a close relationship with them. And I think just what they do and how they present themselves and how they present the threats and solutions is definitely an asset to making sure people don't go off, you know, on the other side of things that would increase our risks. I, I think that relationship between the IT and RIM or IG, wherever it is in the organization is important. I remember when I first started in you know, this industry, not having a seat at the IT table, but at least being in the room and sitting in the back row. And this was the late 90s, you know, mid to late 90s. And the municipality where I was working was just starting to do things like get ready to deploy email, put mobile terminals in police cruisers. And I'd say, I'm just in the back of the room here, but there are rules you're going to have to follow relating to retaining this information wherever it is. Because I knew, although I was running a warehouse full of paper and microfilm, that you know these electronic assets were important and were going to need to be managed accordingly. So at least getting at that stage, getting those nuggets out to people to say, we need to think about these things. And that's just the thing all along. It's think about what we're doing. Think about how we treat these assets and what the rules are. And so we can make it easy, compliant, all those different things to make you know your job easier. I'm still going to be sitting here in the RIM office and we're going to make the rules and we need people to follow the rules because that's what's good for the organization on a risk basis, compliance, cost, all, all those different things that you learn in REM 101 about why we manage records. And I feel like back as you're talking about that particular time period, we had a nice, a bit of an easier, not easier because nobody knew exactly what to do, but a longer mm -hmm. ramp that I don't feel like we're ever going to have again as oh, no. new technologies comes. It feels like we have to make decisions quickly. Is mm -hmm. that your experience? Yeah, it's the fire hose. Back then, it's, yeah, email, mobile terminals in the police cruisers, the finance people, they're okay. All the tax bills, you know, which were electronic, we're, were running fine. But now within any organization, all the different things that we use our electronic systems to do and manage is just exponentially um, you know, going like that. There, there's more and more things come quicker and quicker. Every month there's a new, every week there's some sort of new project or new something that I'm getting involved in. And a lot of these things are 
highly visible, either internally or externally, that they may not know it in, in terms of records and information management, but our millions of members are experiencing some of the things that we're having to think about and deal with. You know, all the new technologies and financial services, you, you go, it, it used to be you just walked in to see a teller or a member service representative at your local bank or credit union. Now on my phone, I could literally, in some cases, we're talking banks and other financial institutions with conversational banking. You either have a text type chat with a bot on screen or through the phone, you just talk to an automated bot. And, and how do we reflect those transactions? How, how are we saving that? What are the records of that? Yeah. Think Just thinking about those type of things, where does it fit within your organization's records retention schedule? Do you need a new record class or series to reflect that? Or is there already something that, that it is reflected in? So we, we get these questions every single day. It, it feels like there's a number of different factors. There is obviously new technology, as you called it, the fire hose. And I be, believe that and your, your examples were fantastic. And there's also the urgency by which you need to secure them and find beyond the taxonomy, like the taxonomy is important. And then the legal citations and the internal policies are changing super fast. Back with your consulting, when you were consulting with organ, other organizations mm -hmm. and final, financial services, do you think that the budgets for your part of the organization have scaled appropriately? Because it feels like the urgency to act quickly has increased 10x or 100x. Have the budgets followed that at all? I think where I work now, I think the budget is, is tracking properly. There are some federal agencies I work with in the last decade where I think things were la lagging and lack. I think it, it also depends on the federal agency. You now, what, what's the motivation of your agency records officer? Are, are they there just to ride along, get a paycheck? Or are they, and in some cases, they're not real. I've seen in some cases, they're not really records pros per se, but someone who's come from somewhere else and sort of just happened happen to get that job. And they may not stand up and say, hey, I need more money. I need more resources. There are some organizations I've been in where you step in, let's say, to the IT shop and say, oh, who, who's the records manager in this organization? I worked with one multinational bank in Africa a while back on a non-records project, but I figured let's throw some records flavor into it. And the people just didn't know. And it took me months and months to find out that, A, there was a records management program, B, there was pretty darn good, and C, to actually meet the people involved in it. So you get the disconnect where people who should really know or should be hearing about it. They're storing the records for this bank and their IT systems, and, and they don't know who, and they don't know what the real rules are. So there are major disconnects in some places. I'm seeing an increasing pull actually to get the information governance aligning with analytics and the, the front of business data. Are you seeing that? It, because they are generally going after the same data, just with different purpose. Yeah, it's, I'm seeing a, a push, if, if not, you know, for direct alliance or direct reporting lines, but to be aligned because we have a very visible data governance office and data governance activities. Lots of business analytics go into what we do and how we serve our members. 
And yes, we, we are getting even closer and closer relationship with those, those groups. And we're also talking about how, how do we make sure we're talking a controlled language? You talk to some people and they know there might be different definitions for data, information, records, knowledge. And in some cases, people confuse the terms or use them synonymously. So defining what they mean, making sure everyone across the organization understands the differences and similarities, the relationships between those, as well as the organizations who may deal with them on a separate basis. So ha having that control is, is important. Otherwise, you don't, people don't really know what you're talking about, and that can cause problems. And also, once you define what those different assets are, then you have those different roles attached to them. Are you an information store? Are you a data store? Are you a record owner? And in some cases, they may be synonymous. They may not be. Or can you make them synonymous? Can you combine those roles? Because I know in my current situation, they're not combined roles. And so you have some people may serve dual roles, but in some places they may. Making sure people know what they're supposed to be managing and who they're reporting to is very important. I like the definitional thing because I think back to like 1997 or 1998 when we were using what we called knowledge management tools. I look back in the capabilities that we had. I wouldn't call that knowledge back then. I would mm -hmm. say it's a step up from data because it had some meta connections and it did have some ability to drive process but it certainly wasn't knowledge. It was far from wisdom. It wasn't driving business decision-making directly. Mm -hmm. So I, I'll put it to you. Are we to the point where we're actually beyond information management, where we're actually creating corporate knowledge, or do we still need, do we still need some additional systems and work so that business decision-making can be a little bit more automated and a little bit more, it's a little bit more futuristic. I you know, it depends also on, on where you are, because I, I think where I work now, the definition of knowledge management may, may be lagging. It's important to know what are we looking at in terms of the models that we have for those different terms. Back when I began in this, we had the concentric ring. We had data, then we had information, and in the middle, we had records. Um, a few years back, ARMA produced a model which was more structured versus unstructured. We've got yeah, structured, unstructured. We had content information, records and data, and then records and knowledge spanned across that, which I think is a more realistic view of things because there are things that someone might, it might be very structured and someone might call it data, but it's still erect. And if you have this old concentric ring thing, it, it may not fit. The best views that I believe I've seen of this are where people treat it like a knowledge graph or a mind map is that something can be simultaneously have three different pieces of meta value. It can simultaneously be a record and an email and mm -hmm. a database entry. Like it, you can't, it, it doesn't feel like the Venn diagram is a way of doing it. You yeah. really need these multiple connections between uh -huh. the nodes. It's, it's important that we understand that something's status as, as a record has nothing to do with its format, its container, its what's it about. In, in your materials or what you've come across with your work with the different organizations, I, 
would you say there is a pretty good standardized definition for data information knowledge or is it something that you do have to take a little bit of time to make it more specific for your own organization i try as much as possible to live with some of the standards so most organizations i work with i push them towards using let's say the definition of records in iso 15489 because it you know i think it, it fits in most cases what people are trying to do definitions of information it's getting better the the definition of data lags it's always been it's like it's raw stuff i, I think we need to either one refine maybe the definition of, of data a little bit better to say that sometimes these very structured things aren't as raw as you think they are and that they may living in, in these structured fields in fact be records and from the, the beginning to the end of their existence and then you've got all these things like data lakes and whatnot which may in fact contain records within them because again the, the means of storage is not necessarily tell me what it really is for those people who have watched me talk in this EII before, I've, I've quoted ISO 15489 as something saying, like definitionally, it's always been good. And it's been around, I remember mm -hmm. reading it for the first time, perhaps 20 years ago. I don't know exactly, exactly. the right vintage. Oh, yeah. And it's always held. And what's what it's never specified is how to deal with the modern data volumes, how to deal with the modern mm -hmm. data variety, and how to deal with with, of course, the edge and ambiguity between some of these things, which is where Todd comes in, my opinion, and where the industry organizations come in. Yeah, and I think that's organizations like AIM and ARMA do feed these things such as ISO 1549. I had a unofficial hand in, you know, the 20, I guess the 2016 update or whatever. I've done, I worked on the ARMA Standards Committee a while back, so I'm familiar with at least on the local end or the national end or continental end here, how things work. And I think it, it's, there, there might be some help in other standards that are co coming up. I think there are more things that are out there. I haven't necessarily read enough, had enough time lately to, to re read into some, but I think at least in terms of some of the processes, some of the more up-to-date things, although it, it takes a long time to create these standards, I think there are more things out there that are going to be helpful. I don't know at the definitional level, the, this raw, how we define data, but there are things out there that are going to be helpful and useful and use them. Don't reinvent the wheel. That's another thing I, I talk about. I've spoken on communications and getting things done. And, you know, it, it, it's not really rocket science and it's much easier if you use what someone else has already created. I'm, I'm a fan of not reinventing the wheel and going back again, finding a definition for record. Why do I need to find it? I know as long as the legal people are okay with it, let's go there. I get that different businesses are different. However, the, the requirements, the value that you get from the information is not bespoke from one organization to right. another. That should be fairly unified. Mm -hmm. And I like the idea of starting off with overlay your definition, see how it then affects your business and then act based mm -hmm. upon way, ways people have demonstrated acting before. That makes sense. Yeah, and, and I think having worked most of two decades in, in the federal space in the U.S. here, that doing records in, in a federal agency versus out in, in the private world, there's a big difference in, in the federal agencies. So you've got the basic rules 
are there. They're law. 36 CFR 1200 subpart B. That's the rules of the road. You step out of the federal government, you go to the financial institution where I am, and the, the rules come from all sorts of different directions. You have all the diff 50 different states. You've got the federal government. You've got work credit union. So you got the NCUA. We, we have a branch that deals with broker-dealer stuff. So you've got the SEC. You've got the CFPB. You've got all these different all these different sources. Then we have a uh, dozen branches overseas. You got to deal with international laws in some places. But on the other hand, in a private organization, you have more flexibility to create the rules of, of how you do things to ensure compliance with all these various rules. And, and that's cool that you do have some creativity and flexibility because there, there is with every law, it, it seems to be a reasonableness test is that mm -hmm. it, is, are you acting reasonably within the confines of this law? And if you can reasonably demonstrate mm -hmm. that, then you've achieved the law, regardless of whether it's precise letter by letter compliance. And, and, uh, but I think that the hardest part is just making sure that you understand all the different things that you need to comply and all the data that then needs to apply to it. That's, it's a big task. And doing it consistently. And that's another thing that's been drilled into me for, for decades. Make sure you do it consistently. That's what the court's going to look at. It's, did you go outside the norm when you took this action? Yeah. Making sure you do it, making sure all the people around you are doing it consistently so you don't have those rogue rogue problems uh, that are going to cause you headaches all over the place. Oh, thank you, Todd. It's, it, it's not that it sounds easy, but it sounds achievable applying yes. that. So, mm -hmm. so th thank you today. So I, I'm talking to Todd Chernikoff, and he's a certified records manager. And I really appreciate you coming today. How can people find more about you? You can find me on Twitter at T-C-H-E-R-N-I-K. Just look for Opus the Penguin from Bloom County. He's my avatar on Twitter. You can also find me, Todd Chernikoff, T-O-D-C-H-E-R-N-I-K-O-F on a LinkedIn, email me at tchernikoff at hotmail.com. Easy to find me. I'm not hiding. Awesome. Thanks a lot, Todd. It was Thank you very much. It was a wonderful time with you.